This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Big Brother is listening, and so are you, to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM740. To speak with Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free in Ontario at 1-866-740-4740. And welcome to the program for Sunday, May the 1st, 2011. And tonight, we say uh, once again, uh, goodbye to Dan Ellison, my technical producer for the last 20 months, uh, who is uh, on his way across Canada. And we say hello to our new technical producer here, Griffin March. Griffin, welcome uh, to The Conspiracy Show. What a great name that is, Griffin March. You sound like you should be a, a correspondent. I can just... Griffin March, CNN, Jerusalem. Something like that. Griffin March, CBC News World, Tel Aviv. You've got one of those great names, Griffin. Anyway, welcome to the program, and I look forward to uh, working uh, with you. All right. I'm holding in my hands... A, uh, a new book, hot off the presses. It's entitled Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order. Patrick Heron, who is an Irish playwright and uh, researcher, will join us at midnight. How appropriate. He will join us at midnight uh, to discuss the Antichrist and the New World Order. He's the best-selling author of The Nephilim and The Pyramid of the Apocalypse. It's been a while since we've had Patrick on the show, and uh, I'm delighted that we're going to speak to him again. In about 15 minutes' time, we'll check in with a physician and researcher, Dr. John Apsley, who's going to talk about the real health um, risks generated by Japan's Fukushima nuclear power plant's radioactive fallout. Uh, He'll discuss the short-term, long-term risks and implications, not only for North America, but the whole world. And he'll also tell us basically what the government isn't telling us regarding that uh, nuclear disaster. It's hard to really sort out who's telling the truth. On the one hand, uh, we have uh, experts downplaying the, uh, the Fukushima nuclear uh, disaster and, uh, and, and, and others who, that are really ringing the alarm bells. So hopefully Dr. John Apsley can shed, shed some light. Right now, of course, you know, this is just the story that will not die. And uh, 
Donald Trump really picked up the, uh, the mantle and went public with it. This is probably the most mainstream news media coverage the Barack Obama birth certificate issue received when erstwhile um, presidential candidate Donald Trump actually questioned whether or not President Obama was born in the United States and said this could be the greatest scam in the history of the United States. Well, just days ago, the Barack Obama White House released what, appear, what, what appears to be, at least on the surface, a long-form, the, the long-sought-after long-form birth certificate or the Certificate of Live Birth from the state of Hawaii. Many people think, well, that puts an end to that whole controversy, but just hold on, not so fast. There are still uh, many out there maintaining that uh, this is, in fact, not an authentic document. And uh, one such uh, joins me on the line. He is our uh, media scientist friend, the colleague of the late Marshall McLuhan, JFK uh, assassination pioneer researcher, Nelson Thal. Hello, Nelson. Richard, how are you doing tonight? Uh, well, I'm I'm really anxious to uh, to, to talk to you about the uh, the uh, the certificate of live birth because uh, I just find it interesting that after almost three years, maybe longer, the, uh, the the Barack Obama White House is releasing this document now after Donald Trump has asked for it. Uh, I mean, what are your thoughts after 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 looking at this document? Is it for real? Is it legit? Yeah, I think we have to look at it with another background, uh, put it against the background that all students of the Kennedy assassination, Richard, know that the authorities always have falsified forensic documents in order to make their historic revision approved by themselves. Uh, sounds like you're saying, Nelson, that uh, you're not buying that this is an actual, uh, an actual birth certificate. This is a forgery. Um, there's too much history of falsifying forensic evidence from these folks, going back to the John F. Kennedy assassination, in the Martin, in the Bobby King, Bobby Kennedy assassination. Uh, you had Dr. Thomas Noguchi, the coroner, fired, and they uh, stripped him of his rank, and he had to spend ten years fighting to get it back because his findings did not agree with the historic revision of how Ken- Bobby Kennedy was killed. So, I mean, the extent that these people go to and the fact that they've doctored the Zapruder film over the years and they, they doctored the forensic evidence uh, by lifting a palm print off of Oswald's body in the morgue in order to connect them with the Mamaker Carcano. So there's a huge, huge history here of a modus operandi of, of falsifying. And this document, you can get a, you can get a birth certificate in Hawaii with just one witness showing up and saying the guy was born in Hawaii. Well, now there are a couple of things at play and here. And Social Security was issued out of Connecticut, not Hawaii. So how did that happen? When he went into civil, when he went into the service in the military, he didn't use his Hawaiian Social Security. Now he used a Connecticut one. And he's hiding so much stuff. 
The birth certificate's only one drop in the bucket. His records at Columbia, I mean, it's huge the number of things that he is hiding that other presidents never mind giving out. Well, let's let's focus at least on, for now uh, on the on the certificate of, of birth, which uh, they claim is, as, was issued by the state of Hawaii. A couple of things here. Number one, one has to ask why it took so long, and, and I've, I've thrown this question out to some pundits, etc., and they've said, well, you know, it was actually very clever, because what they, what they when I say they, I mean the Barack Obama administration, they did, was they, they, uh, they played these uh, birther folks um, by not releasing it right away. They basically gave them enough rope to hang themselves, and then at the last moment, uh, they release the document and say, see, I told you so. But, but I'm still thinking, you know, why would, why would, this is not a presidential thing to do. Why would they wait so long? It, it, basically, uh, Obama um, said over two years ago, there is no long-form birth certificate available. We've checked, we've looked into it, it doesn't exist. And then all of a sudden they present it. Richard, you had the Attorney General of Pennsylvania, Mr. Berg, uh, on, and, uh, you know, like, how many more Attorney Generals do you need? We had the 14 Attorney Generals from 14 states. I mean, at some point, there's so much smoke. I mean, you can see the fire. Well, the other thing that is, that's interesting, Nelson, is, yeah. um, and, and I believe it was Wayne Madsen uh, from the Madsen Report. We've had him on the program, and uh, he's sort of gone underground. He's received some death threats, I understand, from the CIA. Uh, but he's, he's pointed out... Indonesia, he's writing a book on Obama, specifically on this. But, but Madsen pointed out in a recent article that one of the, yeah. th- the interesting things about this document is that, remember, this is from 1961, August of 61, when... uh, would have said Negro. Well, under the race of father, it lists his father as being African. Well, we know that he was born in Kenya. But yes, that is interesting. In 1961, all of the U.S. census documents, all of the the, the U.S., uh, any U.S. documents that require a race to be listed, if you are of African descent, it says... Negro or black. It never, ever uses the appellation African. And yet in this document, it says African. That is interesting, but it's not necessarily the smoking gun, is it? The the guys who cooked it up didn't do their homework. Simple. And they got caught. And this has always happened. There's always, they always, they're, they're, they're always trying to change and fuddle the forensic data, the forensic documents, and they always, the more they uh, play with it, the more evidence they, they leave that they've been playing around with it. All right, let's grab a couple of very quick calls, and then we will uh, we'll move along to other matters. But uh, Keith is in Rochester. Keith, welcome to The Conspiracy Show on AM740. Yes, I want to state that politically I'm very, very conservative, and I want your guests to know that on the night that they're apparently announcing the death of Osama bin Laden during the presidential administration of President Obama, Osama bin Laden, to Canadian listeners, is being declared killed by American operatives. Uh, Does it really matter uh, if you can't prove what you're saying? And I am very conservative. Does it really matter that... Everything doesn't add up, whether it's Obama or anyone else uh, who might come to our country. I'll give you a fast example about my family. On my father's side, 
we had four relatives who fought in World War II, including my father, two on the American side. He was in the Philippines. But we had two German relatives, and at least one of those, even though he was only Wehrmacht and not SS, he was allowed into the country. I think you have to have a higher standard of proof. All kinds of people come to the United States, and whether it's Obama, who may not have the strict documentation, or my German relatives who fought against Americans and Canadians, you Canadians were our very good allies during all of the wars. Does it really matter who comes to the United States? I'm just wondering if your guest is generating more heat than shedding true light on a very ticklish subject that divides people and really has to be looked upon in some ways. Um, when you were using the term African, things were different in 1961, and even if the president can't prove exactly this or that, that's just the way people live, sir. I would really ask your guest to address the standards that he's using insofar as it's conspiracy and whether it really matters if Obama, who is now the president during the time that Osama bin Laden, thankfully and blessedly, has been taken out, whether it really matters, uh, even if uh, Obama can't prove that he is all that. Okay, you made your point. Uh, Keith, uh, always great to hear from you in Rochester. Let me say a couple of things. Number one, we are watching that situation, but keep in mind that uh, Osama bin Laden has reported has been reported death, death dead on at least five other occasions. So we're taking this one with a grain of salt. In but fact, they have the body. Richard, Richard, can I say this? Yeah. A good question to the guest. My answer is this. One, uh, we stand on the shoulders of giants like Marshall McLuhan, who said the arts and sciences are in the pockets of these secret societies that rule the world. And two, we stand on the shoulders of John F. Kennedy, who in his secret society speech talked about how the United States was being attacked by a secret society that, quote, quote, was a monolithic, ruthless conspiracy, unquote. So we stand on the shoulders of these gentlemen, and now it comes now, it's such a joke, this is a false flag operation. You're telling me that on the, on the, within 12 hours of them killing Gaddafi's children, uh, that this is not all connected with that as a smokescreen to, to cover up the, uh, what's going on and distract America? It won't distract the Germans. They know that the Bush gang, the, uh, the Bush, Clinton, Rockefeller, uh, owner's group uh, pulled 9-11. Another, I mean, Hitler was put in and financed by I.G. Farben and well, by the Rockefellers. And Hitler was a British agent. He was in school in 1911 with Churchill as a school classmate. So, like, let's get the facts straight and not get bamboozled by the smokescreen. This is a big smokescreen. We've heard for years that Osama bin Laden was murdered. Rumsfeld told us. Lots of other people have been saying Benazir Bhutto I mean, told us shortly before she was assassinated. The timing that you have to look at, they're putting it out with the Libyan thing. It's such a joke. I'm surprised Americans don't even see it. I mean, it's a joke. Well, but they're now in possession of the body. <laughs> it's another 9-11. Body, and secondly, even the likes of Henry Ford met with the Nazis on the top floor of the Waldorf Astoria in New York. That's sure well, the way well, the world The Sears business. Tower has been renamed the Willis Tower, and guess who owns it, Richard? Silverstein. <laughs> All right. Uh, Keith, so, always good yeah, to hear from you. We, 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 I think you've got to just not be able to have problems identifying these uh, these CIA mind control manipulations of the populace through the media. You've got to keep on top of it and ride it like a Bronco. That's the role of a media scientist. 
All I right. I deliver, as you do, seeing a conspiracy under every rock. I really, uh, I would really challenge you. I, 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 I'm concerned about your mental health and just how you get through life. That you see a conspiracy everywhere. I, I'd hate well, to hey, hold on, Keith. Anywhere. No, Keith, let, hang on, hang on, hang on. Both of you, both of you. Stop, stop, stop. Stop, stop, stop. Just a second. Conspiracies. We only report state secrets the ruling elite hope you don't learn. I never talk about conspiracies. We don't know. There are no, there's no conspiracy theory. There's just a lot of state secrets that have been covered up by the ruling elite. That's all we cover. All right, uh, Keith, thank you for the call. We, you know, we don't need the, uh, the, the uh, ad hominem attacks. Let's just keep it uh, well, civil. Well, these guys are CIA or ONI or something sent out just to cause problems, but it shows the, the listener the, the type of people were, that are out there. All right, Fred is in Whitby. Hello, Fred. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Hello, Fred. Yeah, yeah, hi. Hi there. You want to talk about Osama bin Laden? Well, no, I just, funny, yeah, I was going to let you know, but you already know, but it's May the 1st. Uh, I think that's some witching uh, event, May the 1st, the Maypole and stuff. Anyways, for the jerk that was just on, my grandfather got the Victoria Cross, and, and uh, my grandmother had to work and slave to try and keep the property. And you know what? They took it for back taxes. She, he didn't get a pension. So that's what that tells you what the government's like. Anyways, ciao. We'll talk to you later. Bye. All right. Fred is in with me. Elsa is in Toronto. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Elsa? Yes. Mr. Serrett, I want to bring to your attention that Donald Trump wants the authenticity of this um, certificate to be verified. But more so, the numbering sequence of the birth certificate is way off as to when twins were born the same day as Obama was born in Hawaii. And there are a whole different range of numbers. So this brings to question if this is really, if this is the authentic birth certificate. Well, uh, the other thing is, even if it is an authentic document, my understanding is that a certificate of birth can be registered from out of state. You don't have to be in Hawaii. So it, I guess the, the upshot of this is, it, I don't know that there's any way of satisfying those who believe that uh, Osama, bin, or Osama bin Laden, Barack Obama, uh, was, uh, was born in Kenya or not. I, uh, you know, I, I, I've stated this many, many times for the record on the air over the last three or four years since I've been covering this whole birther issue, and that is that I hope... Uh, not only that I'm wrong and that those people that, that, that believe that he was ineligible to be president because he was born in Kenya, I hope they're wrong too. But all I'm saying is that this document does not prove categorically uh, that he was uh, born in Hawaii and that he is eligible to be president. It's not going to lay anything to rest. I know that the mainstream media has accepted this. Uh, but there are still questions that will continue to dog uh, the, the president on this. And the report of Osama bin Laden, here we go again. I do find the timing of that very, very interesting. Uh, uh, you know, Mr. Sarah, well, I don't understand why they didn't use the word allegedly. Allegedly he's dead. We don't know for sure. This is Richard, something... Richard, we do know a couple things for sure. We know from Wayne Madsen that when he was supposed to be at Columbia taking courses, and I spoke to people at Columbia University, students, he was never there. Uh, nobody remembers him. Uh, he, his records are all falsified. He wasn't there. In fact, where Wayne Madsen reports he was, is he was at an al-Qaeda training camp. Well, uh... and, and, and let's not forget Bill Ayers, the Weatherman terrorist, is his best friend. 
And, of course, they had an organization that's connected to Lundergan, the guy who, uh, to what's his name, the, uh, the assassin who shot the, the congresswoman. I mean, we've reported this. You know what, Nelson, I'm going to get you to hold on here for a second, because obviously this, uh, the, uh, the bin Laden story is huge. It just broke recently, uh, within yeah. the last uh, 15 minutes, and uh, we were obviously set to go with another program. So what I'm going to do is uh, we're going to take a timeout. Nelson, you hold on if you could. Uh, we're going to have to rearrange things here on the program, obviously. This, this story is huge. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to get uh, Griffin to get a hold of Dr. John Apsley, see if we can uh, uh, reschedule that. We really have to talk about this story, Osama bin Laden. So, Nelson, are you good to hang on? Sure, I'm here. Terrific. All right, we'll do that. Osama bin Laden, do you believe he is dead this time? Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Peering into the shadows where the truth often hides. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. All right, well, listen, this story, just uh, late breaking, just moments before our program went to air, and we, ha- we have to roll with it. We were obviously uh, planning on discussing something else. Uh, we were to speak with uh, Dr. John Apsley, Dr. John Apsley about the uh, Fukushima uh, nuclear uh, fallout and his concerns about long-term health risks, but we're going to have to park that for now. Obviously, the big story, Osama bin Laden killed, ID confirmed by DNA testing, ABC News reporting that Osama bin Laden, hunted as the mastermind behind the worst-ever terrorist attack on U.S. soil, has been killed. Uh, they're quoting sources, unnamed sources, specific details of how and where the al-Qaeda mastermind was killed, not immediately available, but sources said U.S. forces have the body and the DNA testing confirmed and that it was, of course, bin Laden. Of course, uh, the late Benazir Bhutto, the uh, prime minister of, uh, of Pakistan, was uh, quoted as uh, also saying that bin Laden was dead, but that was about five years ago. And uh, there have been a number of reports uh, in the French press going back to about 2004 that uh, Osama bin Laden was, in fact, dead. So do we believe it this time? You tell me, 416-360-740 and 866-744-740, 866-744-740, toll-free from out of town. Nelson Thal, media scientist. Uh, now... Why why shouldn't we believe uh, uh, the sources this time that Osama bin Laden is dead? Nelson, do you have any particular uh, strong feeling? Well, I think let's go back to the beginning, Richard. On 9-11, the bin Laden family was not treated as if Osama bin Laden in any way, shape, or form was a terrorist or a wanted man by the real authorities, was he? Were they? They were. They, they treated them very specially. 
Uh, he didn't treat his family as if he were a terrorist at all. And in the early, late 70s, Mr. Osama uh, was on the board of Zapata Oil with Bush 43. Well, yes, there is a, a uh, long-standing business Skolnick, partnership. Yeah. Sherman Skolnick got a um, published a bank statement that uh, he had uh, with the Queen of England at at Coots Bank London. So, I somehow don't think that there's a lot of smoke screening going on here. And look at the Saddam. Richard Saddam uh, was a double. With the, you could tell that they they didn't even cover up the fact that the guy who they hung had ragged teeth. <laughs> I mean, Saddam was of royal blood. He had teeth like a, an actor. Right. So right. we knew that clones were used there, and they've been genetic engineering and the boys from Brazil. And I mean, uh, he, he 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 had doubles. How many Oswalds were there in '63? So if they told you that Oswald was dead, which one? Which of Bin Laden? Why, why now? Assuming that this is um, a hoax, or uh, that the, well, what's, the, what's the significance? again, yeah. like it always is. All the big stories are false flags. But do you think there's a connection, for example, between the whole question surrounding Barack Obama's birth certificate and this, or is there something else? Is it, is it, is it the, the U.S. attack on Libya, which claimed the life of... Uh, uh, Gaddafi's son and grandchildren? It, it's What's... PSYOPs, uh, of course, and those, so those are some of the things that it, it, it helps. Who, Key Bono, who benefits from this? Key Bono, who benefits from the birther issue? So you think it, it, it is a connection to distract us from the birther issue? Who, the people who benefit from this Obama issue are the people who want to be president of the United States but aren't born in the United States. <laughs> All right. Nelson Thal is with us on the line, our media scientist and uh, JFK assassination research prime, uh, pioneer. And again, if you're just joining us and uh, not aware, uh, just I would say within the last 25 minutes, uh, a number of news sources are reporting that uh, Osama bin Laden has been found in Pakistan, uh, and these sources are claiming it is, in fact, the body of Osama bin Laden. They have the DNA tests to prove it. Uh, and uh, President Obama interrupted the primetime television schedule to make this announcement. And uh, I'd like to know from you whether or not you believe, in fact, that this is, in fact, Osama bin Laden. 416-360-0740, and toll-free from just about anywhere, 866-740-4740. And uh, we will speak to uh, Patrick Heron a little bit later in the program, author of Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order. Right now, as I say, Nelson Thal joining us. We'll take a time out and uh, get back to you and your calls when we continue here on The Conspiracy Show, AM 740. My name is Richard Serrett. If you're sure your phone isn't tapped, call now. 416-360-0740 or toll free in Ontario at 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
system are asleep. Now we can play. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Again, sources saying Osama bin Laden is believed to have been killed in Pakistan several days ago, and the U.S. has his body. A senior security official has told the Associated Press that bin Laden was killed in a ground operation inside Pakistan, not by a predator drone. As uh, some sources are claiming, including ABC, a nationally televised address Sunday night or tonight called on such a short notice is considered an extraordinary uh, development. You know, uh, uh, and uh, I should point out that uh, joining us on the line is our media scientist, JFK assassination researcher, uh, Nelson Thal. Uh, It should be noted that of all these mainstream news reports are linking bin Laden to the 9-11 attacks, not even the FBI... Uh, is willing to do that, although I believe they've since removed this from the website. Up until a couple of years ago, when they listed their most wanted, they did have bin Laden listed there, but it was for the attack on the USS Cole, not for the attack on the World Trade Center towers. Uh, At one point, a a researcher contacted uh, the FBI, and they were told... When they, and they were asked, why don't you have bin Laden linked to 9-11? The FBI said, we don't have the evidence. So that's uh, interesting. In any event, uh, yeah, Richard, we yes. Just also remember, let's just not throw in the mix the fact that we, it's already well known that 14 of the, of the terrorists that the FBI claimed were killed, uh, some of them on the, uh, the planes, have been identified and are alive. Right, right. Again, right. I, um, I just... Those who, were, those who supposedly were on the planes, a lot of them have been identified and seen. They're alive. They're not dead, as the FBI said they were. I just find this uh, interesting, the t- again, the timing of this. Um, uh, and maybe I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm connecting dots where I oughtn't uh, to be, but I can't help it. Uh, when we have and, this, and, and this the controversy, twin swir- are turned to dust. Yeah, we have this controversy. Steam passport. We have this controversy swirling around the uh, the uh, Barack Obama birth certificate, and uh, I should point out Jerome Corsi from WorldNet Daily will be on the program on the twenty second of May, and uh, he he uh, has just written a book investigating this whole birther issue. Uh, some are some are saying that uh, when Donald Trump first. Uh, came on board the birther movement and uh, said that you know he's got he's putting his resources behind getting to the truth. What he was talking about was Jerome Corsi uh, and his investigation of this. Anyway, here we have uh, reports now that uh, Osama bin Laden has been found dead, and everyone now is cor- of course is talking about that. And nobody over the next uh, little while will be talking about the birth certificate. All right, let's go to the phones and uh, say hello to Eric in Michigan. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show, Eric. Your thoughts on Osama bin Laden? Yes, good evening. I I agree with you, Richard and Nelson. Uh, Benazir Bhutu uh, stated uh, adamantly that uh, Osama had had either been killed or died. He was end-stage renal failure. He's not going to be doing much cave hopping when he's end-stage renal failure. And then uh, I knew some... uh, Local guys were special forces, and and they were told that uh, Osama was hands off. They, even though they had in their crosshairs, uh, uh, they weren't full of trigger. And uh, but uh, right now with this uh, so-called revelation, I I I think it's a re- it's a diversion away from 
the the fraudulent nature of this uh, so-called uh, ballot that's long-form birth certificate, uh, and and two, they have to justify, uh, you know, the trillions of dollars they're spending in another fraudulent police action, uh, as Paul Wolfowitz said, uh, they needed a new Pearl Harbor to create a, a, a new global American empire, but they first had to they first had to garner the American patriot support. So they had their new Pearl Harbor 9/11, and uh, 1,100 bodies were vaporized. And I, I was going to ask uh, you and Nelson. Uh, I had heard from the AE 9/11 folks, uh, Richard Gates, that it was uh, super high tech explosive called nanothermite that exclusively has the ability to vaporize bodies and concrete and all that. Well, I don't, I don't want to uh, get too too far into the, the, the 9-11 discussion again because, uh, I mean, you know, the link between Osama bin Laden and 9-11, I think, is, 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 is tenuous at best. However, uh, let's leave a, maybe a 9-11 debate for another time. We're approaching the 10th anniversary. It's probably best suited for that time. Okay. Uh, I'd rather, but I pre- Eric, at the same time, I really appreciate your call and thank you for your comments. Sure. All right. Let's say hello to uh, Louie in uh, Toronto. Welcome to the Conspiracy Show, Louie. Yes, hello. Hi there. Okay. I just want to tell people that um, I have a Geiger counter, and um, I heard on, uh, I think it was on your program, um, a journalist from Japan saying that um, yellow rain fell on Tokyo, and that the uh, government in Tokyo claimed that it was uh, pollen, and he said that's exactly what happened after Chernobyl. The Russian government claimed that yellow rain was pollen, and right. it wasn't. It was uh, radioactive dust. Um, so I became alarmed, and I have a couple of Geiger counters that uh, weren't working, so I got to work uh, that week and repaired them. So, And I went to the health show. It was a week later. And Friday evening, a woman told me that a natural, her naturopath told her to stay out of, um, to don't let rainwater fall on your skin. So I tested the rain the next morning. Okay, so this would be Saturday morning on the 9th of April. And Where's uh, this? What, what location? Uh, in Toronto, in North York. Okay, go ahead, sorry. Okay, so um, anyways, I did find uh, uh, radioactivity that wasn't there I think the day before or two days before. Uh, okay, you know, it was raining out that morning, and um, there was uh, an average reading of 0.05 ruined gins uh, per hour. Okay, so this is the lowest end of the lowest scale on this meter, and that was with the um, ports open so that you can detect uh, the low, uh, low level of uh, beta rays. Um, okay, uh, Louis, I, I have to jump in here because I, 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 I'm guessing a lot of people are hearing this and, and um, you know, don't know one end from a, of a Geiger counter from the next. And so, but uh, suffice to say, what you're saying is that you're detecting some radioactive uh, activity in Toronto that shouldn't be there. And I, and we we did intend to have John Apsley, Doctor John Apsley, on the program to discuss that. Obviously, uh, important news events have overtaken us, and we're now talking about the supposed or alleged death of Osama bin Laden. Yes, okay. Um, so um, if I could get you to maybe hold on to those uh, comments, and we're going to get uh, Dr. Apsley on next week, and we'd love to hear from you on that. Oh, oh, okay. 
Okay. Okay, I appreciate it nonetheless. Okay. Again, uh, those just joining us, sources inside the, U- uh, the U.S. are saying, are claiming, that Osama bin Laden is dead and his body has been recovered by U.S. authorities. And uh, this happened according to uh, my news tickers here, within the last uh, half hour or so, just before this program went to air. And I'm asking you whether or not you believe it. Do you believe, in fact, that uh, U.S. authorities have in their possession the body of one Osama bin Laden? Or is this some sort of a ruse uh, to distract us from, oh, I don't know, let's say, the birther issue? 416-360-0740 and toll-free from out of town, 866-740-4740. Nelson Thal, our uh, media scientist, is with us. Nelson, do you think there was any connection between uh, uh, Benazir Bhutto's uh, statement, this is going back probably five or six years, maybe longer, uh, that Osama bin Laden, at that time she was saying Osama bin Laden had been dead for five years. She had it on good authority. Do you think there was any connection between her stating that and then her subsequent assassination? Um, you know, I, if, if you look at where she fits in, she very much uh, was involved in, in, in a lot of these operations. Remember, the CIA murdered her father. He was the Dewey representative, Dewey elected prime minister of, of Pakistan, and the CIA went in and and uh, deposed him and then hung him. So, you know, you can imagine what side of the fence she was playing on. Uh, did you see what I'm saying? Richard? Yes, indeed. Yes. You know, so um, Osama bin Laden uh, is really, uh, you know what, there is no Osama bin Laden. This is the thing. It's the Goldstein of 1984. But really, is there's a Tim Osman, and there's a number of different intelligence agents and, and, and couriers and high-level couriers of the diplomatic pouches, etc., and, and top players. Uh, the big power brokers, but they don't come out in the open. They remain invisible. So if you know them, it's so they 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 create these in order to in order to make sure that they still have an out. They can and they you know like an Oswald or a Sirhan Sirhan or a Patsy. So this is a, this is a Patsy. It's a Goldstein. The online and, version and, of the world. And the way they've used it is so obvious. I mean, they told us he was dead four years ago. They told us he was dead five years ago. Rumsfeld told us for sure he was dead. Bush told us for sure he was dead. I mean, now they're bringing this out. I mean, you know, this is a major psyops of distraction more than anything to do with Osama. The Washington Post now is reporting that American officials are saying Osama bin Laden was killed in a mansion close to the Pakistani capital, Islamabad. All right, yeah. uh, back to the phones. <laughs> Nelson, obviously not buying it. Let's say hello to uh, Brian in Edmonton. Brian, welcome to the Conspiracy Show. Hello. Your thoughts on the reported death of Osama bin Laden? Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking it's just, you know, another distraction like all the other ones. You know, there's, there's a big uh, FEMA is putting on a big mock exercise here on May 11th. Maybe it's, yeah. you know, they're trying to get our minds elsewhere. Osama bin Laden's dead, and we're all supposed to be happy about it, you know? Yeah. All right, Brian, appreciate the call. Okay. It's, it's, it's like Bob Woodward is in charge of the, the, the desk, and this is his operation. This is a Bob Woodward operation all the way, Richard. Why would you say Bob Woodward from the Washington Oh, because it's from the Washington Post. 
CIA. Right, right. Well, He's it's interesting, though, his partner... You must remember the CIA is, the, is America's secret political intelligence, secret intelligence source. It's their secret police. It's well, the Gestapo. It's the secret police. Well, it's interesting, though, Woodward's partner, uh, Bernstein, was the one that uh, claimed... Uh, about uh, claim made claims about the CIA's deep infiltration of the U.S. mainstream uh, news media. Uh, I forget the figure that uh, Bernstein uh, cited, but something like, um, do you remember what the number of uh, of CIA, CIA operatives he believed were toiling in inside the mainstream news media? That was Bernstein. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's thousands of them. Most of all the top guys on the CBS, uh, Skolnick reported, were different intelligence agents, whether it was the French or British or the CIA. All right. Let's say hello to Richard in Toronto. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show, Richard. Your thoughts on the alleged death of Osama bin Laden? Oh, hello, Richard, and uh, your guest. Uh, I would like to say to all the listeners that in 1996, a friend of mine who I was sharing a house with used to pass his edition of the New York Times on to me. And I happened to read, I know it was uh, spring or summer because the weather was very nice. And uh, I read in uh, the New York Times that Osama bin Laden had passed away in a Boston hospital of kidney failure. And then it, uh, gave a, it showed his picture and it gave a short history of how he was involved pardon me, in Afghanistan, where his strength was um, fundraising uh, money and the uh, gathering of, uh, of um, munitions and arms to be supplied to the Afghani people to fight the, uh, the Russians. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, when 9-11 occurred and they showed a picture of him on television, the two were uh, virtually identical, and I thought, well, he, he's dead. They reported in 1996 that he passed away of kidney failure in a Boston hospital. Exactly. And, and we reported uh, that at the time. Uh, we reported that at the time uh, on, on this show and, uh, of course, questioned it uh, very much because uh, he was still using his ATM card and he was still getting drugs at the Buenos Aires from the same druggist, pharmacist, which was rather odd. So, you know, like, there's a lot of these stories, and, of course, it's all intelligence agencies. You're not getting it from any true reporters. All right. Well, I tell people that, when, especially when after 9-11 occurred, you know, I, I said, no, Osama bin Laden is dead. And then I went online, and I tried to, uh, after 9-11, I tried to search through uh, the uh, New York Times Osama arch archives. It's very important to understand before to understand Osama is to understand about how his brother was killed in a plane accident over Texas. <laughs> All right, Nelson, hold on. Richard in Toronto, thank you for that call. We'll get back uh, to more calls. Thanks for the call. Do you believe Osama bin Laden is in fact dead, or is this another ruse designed to distract us from Lord knows what? Back with more of The Conspiracy Show, my name is Richard Serrett. Exploring theories, uncovering facts, and offering a different view of the universe. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To speak to Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free in Ontario, 1-866-740-4740.
In a democracy, we elect officials so we can sleep at night. So why are you up? 416-360-0740 or toll-free in Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. I mentioned Benazir Bhutto, who was killed in a suicide attack at the end of 2007, stated about a month before her death that Osama bin Laden, the head of the international terrorist network Al-Qaeda, had been killed she claimed she even knew who the man was. Or she knew who the man who killed uh, bin Laden was. She named Ahmed Omar Syed Sheikh, uh, one of those convicted of kidnapping and killing U.S. journalist Daniel Pearl. And uh, again, she released the statement November 2007 in an interview with Al Jazeera. She spoke in English in the program titled Frost Over the World. However, nobody seemed to pay any attention uh, to those words. She was speaking about uh, the enemies who did not wish to see her back in Pakistan. And again, she said, Omar Sheikh is the man who murdered Osama bin Laden. And the video uh, uh, on uh, Al Jazeera can be found on YouTube. And um, again, the assassinated Pakistani prime minister says the words about bin Laden's killer uh, during this um, interview. She stays absolutely calm and she pronounces the names. More than uh, 600,000 people have seen this uh, video. Anyway, correspondent David Frost, who interviewed Bhutto, he didn't even care to ask more questions about this statement. He didn't ask her, uh, uh, you know, where was bin Laden killed? He just simply ignored what she said. Here we have a, the head of state for Pakistan, uh, which numbers about, what, about 100 million people? And he doesn't even ask a follow-up question. I find that very interesting. Anyway, Nelson Thal is uh, with us, and uh, let's work in another call here. Eric is in Niagara. Eric, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Hello, Eric. Hi. Hi, Good you're day. on the air. Go ahead. Oh, love your show, by the way. Thank you. Um, so get this. Uh, as, I, as you said, he's on the FBI Most Wanted list. Yes. Well, I decided to go on while you're talking about it, and he's still on there. He is. So, do they do they list nine eleven? Pardon? Do they list nine eleven? Uh, no. No. Actually. Okay. So, they they still wanted him for the uh, the explosion aboard the USS Cole. I know that's listed. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he's not wanted, or was not wanted, in connection with the attacks on nine eleven. No, I didn't say anything about it. That's interesting. That affiliation oh. with the. Uh, Okay, so Eric, what do you make of reports of his death? Um, I don't know what to believe. I mean, the FBI don't believe it, the states believe it. So, I'm neutral on it right now. All right, you need to study this uh, a little bit um, more closely, I think, as we all do. Eric and Niagara, thank you for the call. Yeah, no problem. All right, uh, so, Nelson... What uh, what what sort of um, he- political hay do you think uh, is going to be made out of this? Uh, I don't think it's going to stick. It's like clay and iron. Uh, it's it, it won't stick too long, and it, it, perhaps it wasn't meant to stick too long. Perhaps it was a trigger uh, of the next operation that they have planned. This is a good way to trigger it. Like the pink tie when uh, when Clinton went on uh, Dave Letterman with the pink pink tie, they could trigger. They triggered. They 
the sniper, the DC sniper incident, and and this is this is probably if you want my guess, it's got nothing to do with his death. This is a trigger of another operation that's on that sleepers are out there, the born identity sleepers are out there waiting for the trigger. This is how you do the trigger. What by simply announcing the, the death of Bin Laden? I mean, so you think yes, exactly. this is more that's than just a distraction? That's the way these the born supremacy. That's the way these operations work, where they put them out there with a program, pre-programmed mind control, and waiting for the trigger. And the trigger is when they get interviewed on CNN. So you think it has it has more to do with that, launching yeah, a new operation, the next operation. And less to do with the distracting less everyone to do from with the what birther. It's really about. Hmm. Yeah, I don't I know uh, that I necessarily understand. Or f- I don't know that I understand that necessarily or follow it. I mean, I, for m- my part, I, I think it has more to do with it, you know trying to to, to, to uh, distract everyone from the whole birther no, issue. No, I think it is. I think it is has that effect. But I wonder whether or not also any time they do something like they, they've already said this many times before. Why now have they gone to the next step? Well, they're not just saying it like they did before, right? Do you think they'll? Uh, the, the, do you think the U.S. authorities will uh, put his body on display as some sort of evidence, or are we just supposed to believe them? Look, remember, in Thomas Noguchi, the coroner of Los Angeles, Richard wrote that Bobby Kennedy was killed from a gun fired. It must have been shot within one inch. But the authorities had a problem. Everybody on TV saw Saran Saran was in front of Kennedy and never behind him, never within an inch. He wasn't within two inches. He wasn't within five feet. So Gucci, they had a big problem. They had to alter the forensics, and they fired him, and they had him burn his notes and told him to rewrite it, and he refused, and they fired him. And he spent 10 years through the courts, you can look up the case, Thomas Noguchi. He eventually got his job back because he proved that he was perfectly right with what he was doing. That was his report. Why did you want him to change it? And we'll remember, think, the colonel in Washington in, in Kennedy's autopsy burned his notes before he reported. So they've been monkeying around with the forensic notes since the Kennedy assassination and the files. Uh, so from that, if I'm hearing you correctly, Nelson, you're saying even if they do produce a body, it's not necessarily Osama bin Laden's you body. You can't prove it. You can't prove it. Their hands are too dirty and tainted. Law of averages is don't touch it. They've been doing it all along. Why should they stop now? All right, let's take a one final a quick timeout. We'll come back and uh, uh, put our, uh, a button and a bow on this if we can, at least for tonight. The alleged death of Osama bin Laden. Late breaking news here just before the conspiracy show went to air. And I'd like to know, do you think that he is dead? Do you believe sources within the United States that are claiming they have in their possession the body of Osama bin Laden, the alleged mastermind of the 9-11 attacks? Back with more of the conspiracy show here on AM 740. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To speak to Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free in Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The truth will set you free, but first, it'll really tick you off. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM740. Media scientist Nelson Thal stays with us just a few moments yet. And uh, then after midnight, we'll reach out to Belfast in the UK, uh, Northern Ireland, to talk to Patrick Heron, author of Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order. Right now, of course, the big story is the late-breaking news that Osama bin Laden has um, been killed uh, by U.S. forces. Details are very sketchy, however. And uh, reports from uh, Washington Post are saying that he was dis- that he was found in a mansion near Islamabad, uh, which is kind of interesting. Uh, perhaps a pretext for um, an invasion of Pakistan. I don't know, uh, Nelson. What are your thoughts there? Do we still have Nelson Thal with us? Nelson, can you hear me? Yeah, Richard, I'm sorry. You cut out for a minute. All right. I'm just wondering sorry. the uh, the linkage uh, to yeah. bin Laden being found in Islamabad, the Pakistani capital. Uh, does this Is this going to provide some sort of pretext for uh, some sort of U.S. incursion, heavy incursion into Pakistan? Yeah, well, Pakistan intelligence was the creation of Bush 41, totally his creation when he was director of the secret political police. So he can control the, he, of course he's going to identify the forensics down there. He controls the forensics. <laughs> oh, right? I see what you're saying. Okay. He controls the forensics there. He controls the, he, he, it's, that's a satellite intelligence agency of, of Langley. There is no Pakistani intelligence agency. It was created by Bush. So, in other words, it's very convenient that he would be found there because they can uh, they can control, control all the evidence. Interesting. All right. Control the outcome. Is this going to have any impact on the uh, the so called uh, uh, war on terror? Well, you know, in Richard Dreyfuss' book, Hostage to Khomeini. He talks about how the war in the Middle East was run out of the Office of Naval Intelligence just down the street from the White House. So the, uh, the, the, um, the uh, Iranian hostages, the men who took the Iranian hostages were paid by the CIA. All right. Uh, like, so like, let's remember what's the history here, Richard, and who's got which identity on. Do you remember the, the I don't know, uh, the first time I heard the name Osama bin Laden was during the Iran-Contra hearings, and uh, um, Oliver North um, was being asked, questioned, in the, uh, the joint session of Congress, um, or a, a committee hearing, about some lavish expenditure he had made on a security fence around his house in Virginia. And that's when Oliver North said uh, that he had feared for his life and his family's life. And they asked, who do you fear? And that, remember this is back in the early 1980s, is when, or in the mid-80s, when uh, Oliver North mentioned 
the name Osama bin Laden. And he said, this is the most dangerous man in the world. And I thought that was interesting. Here he was back in the mid-80s planting that seed, planting that name, even though we know quite clearly at that stage, even the, even the, the U.S. authorities have admitted, bin Laden was clearly in the CIA's camp at that time. Yeah, exactly. And if they want to get rid of Osama bin Laden, they may create a double and they show you him getting and they show and they kill the double in publicly. All right, let's right? say let's say hello to Sydney here in Toronto. Hello, Sydney. Welcome oh, to the Sydney. Conspiracy Show. Oh, hi. Hi there. Hey, hi. Sydney. Welcome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank hi. you for the great uh, work you do uh, down at the University of Toronto. Oh, thank you so much. Tomorrow night we're discussing bioweapons. Oh, terrific. And uh, vaccines, <laughs> which is a bioweapon. So uh, can I just say where we're going to be? Yes, please. We're going oh, please. to be at the Sanford Fleming Building at 6 p.m., which is at 10 Kings College Road, and we'll be in room 1101. And this is the Studies in Propaganda Lecture Series hosted by That's right. it's Sydney free. White. All oh. right. Sydney, let's get your thoughts on the alleged death of Osama bin Laden. Yes, whoever believes that will buy my watch. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> So I really do think it's to distract people uh, from Gaddafi, his grandsons, his son. And uh, I heard that once on the news, and then it wasn't mentioned again. And I think it's used as a distraction. As for when he died, uh, we didn't even know when they actually captured Saddam. Uh, Supposedly they found him in this uh, hole, and he had all this money with him. But, you know, the way he looked, they probably had him for months before they decided to uh, spring it, you know, that they had just found him on his own. So it's the same with bin Laden. Of course, they were in business with the Bush family for decades, in business together, and they flew the family out. Nobody else could fly out after 9-11. But really, the death of bin Laden, whenever it happened... Uh, it doesn't matter. He had nothing to do with 9-11. It's a, it's a lot of nonsense. Uh, so, you know, he was the scapegoat for 9-11. But uh, it has no meaning whatsoever when he died or where he died. And, of course, if you follow the history of the United States, they have betrayed everybody they have used. They have then betrayed. So they use people and just, you know, cast them aside so, so the whole thing is, I do think it's to distract from the Gaddafi problem. Uh, nobody said another word after once that uh, the, his three grandchildren uh, were killed, his son was killed, and of course decades ago, I don't know the exact year, uh, they bombed his home and killed his uh, infant stepdaughter in the crib. So Gaddafi is not going to give up until the last bullet. And, uh, of course, they want to get in there, and they're now using DU. They've been using DU in Libya. So, uh, all right. Uh, Sydney. so you don't, you don't see a necessarily a connection, or this is being used as a distraction uh, from the birther movement uh, issue, or uh, is that part of it? I can't quite hear you that well. I'm wondering whether or not the announcement of the death of bin Laden might have something to do with the controversy surrounding the uh, the birth certificate issue. Um, no, I don't think it does. And, and uh, the grandmother of Obama said, and it was in the paper, I forget when she said this, she said, of course he was born in Kenya, I was there. 
And within a few days, uh, she was no longer with us. And she swore out an affidavit. She said it not once, not twice, but three times. That's right. Yes. She was there and saw the birth. We so even have course. the we even have the Kenyan ambassador to uh, to the United States on a talk show. I believe it was in Detroit. I played this on the air several years ago. Uh, also saying that yes, he was born in Kenya. So uh, it is interesting. And don't but, forget they they they, um, they fumbled the oath of office. Which yes, was very interesting what happened there. They never really explained themselves clearly, as yeah. you remember. They, they had to redo it indoors. They had That's to redo right. It, but they, so they realized and there was a di- difficulty with the oath of office, and, and so uh, being he was a Kenyan, that was the difficulty that they overcame. Absolutely, he was. The grandmother said that. The, the person I feel sorry for is poor Arnie Schwarzenegger. I mean, <laughs> he couldn't be so president much for the because of that. Though, right? Well, maybe this is a test case. We'll we'll uh, we'll never find yeah. out because Arnie has pretty well uh, ruined all political aspirations. If he had any beyond uh, uh, being yeah. governor of California, listen, uh, Sydney, always a great pleasure. Again, give us the uh, the the details on the studies and propaganda lecture. Yes, well, we will be tomorrow at the Free University, and the Sanford Fleming Building is at Ten Kings College Road, six p.m. Room eleven o one. And we will be discussing bioweapons and, of course, vaccines are bioweapons. So it'll be from 6 to 8. It's a free lecture, and it's usually filmed, and they do DVDs of it later. So anyone interested, I'd be glad to see you there. All right, Sydney, thank you for that. Okay, good night. Good night. And Nelson, uh, thank you as always. I know we only intended to have you on for a few moments, but, uh, of course, we had the late-breaking news about Osama bin Laden, so thank you for being uh, such a good sport and hanging in with us for the hour. It's been a real pleasure, and um, I look forward to coming back and talking about the royal wedding. It's 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 a fun thing, too. That ah, we yes, get. we didn't get to that. All right, Wills and Kate. All right. Nelson Thal, media scientist, colleague of the late Marshall McLuhan, and, I should point out, a researcher on the conspiracy show on the television program um, that you saw previously on Vision TV. All right, when we come back, Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order. Patrick Heron standing by. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To reach Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. And you can follow the program at richardserrett.com, Richard Serrett, S Y R E T T, dot com. 
The online poll question has to do with the Osama, uh, the uh, rather the Barack Obama birth certificate issue. Although I think I'll change that before the uh, the night is through, and we'll. Uh, ask you whether or not you believe, in fact, Osama bin Laden really is dead. Of course, that was uh, the late-breaking story just before this program went to air. And uh, so that has sort of um, uh, moved things around a little bit. We had intended to talk to Dr. John Apsley about the, uh, the latest health concerns regarding the Fukushima nuclear reactor fallout in Japan. We will reschedule Dr. Apsley. Um, since we spent the hour talking about Osama bin Laden, we're going to shift gears a little bit now, though. Although some may consider Osama bin Laden to have been the Antichrist. But for that matter, there are those out there, believe it or not, who think that uh, uh, President Barack Obama is the Antichrist. Although I don't think there's uh, any, uh, any way you could, uh, you could change that name into uh, adding up to 666. But we'll find out perhaps in the next hour. We're about to embark on a fascinating discussion with the author of the just-released Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order, the best-selling author of The Nephilim and the Pyramid of the Apocalypse. It's great to have Patrick Heron back on the program. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show, Patrick. How are you? Richard, how are you? Lovely to speak with you again. It's, uh, it's good to speak with you, Patrick. It's been a long time. And, yes, uh, uh, I don't know how, to, how fast time flies, you know. Uh, at least that's what the... The Pollock said when he threw the alarm clock out the window. <laughs> it's okay. All right, then. Uh, listen, um, you know, the, there are those who believe that we are in the end times. And when we talk about uh, the apocalypse, my understanding of what that word really means is it, it doesn't necessarily mean some cataclysmic event. Uh, what it means is sort of an unveiling or a lifting of a veil of truth. Uh, and, and so for many, we are entering into this, this period uh, where, you know, you mentioned time seems to be going very quickly. Uh, some people, you know, are wondering about the whole UFO phenomena, whether we're getting closer to the truth there. Do you get the sense that, I mean, that we are in an apocalyptic, apocalyptic time right now? Well, what we are seeing now, Richard, is what I call the shadows of the apocalypse. Um, when they asked the Messiah what would be the signs of the end times, he gave a list of things, wars and rumors of wars, nation against nation and tribe against tribe. He said there would be an increase in famines and earthquakes and diseases and peculiar weather, the wind and the sea raging. And of course, the main sign has to do with the fact that the Jews are back in Israel again after almost 2,000 years worldwide scattering, which was also prophesied. First, that they'd be scattered all over the world, and that lastly, in the last generation, they would be regathered and settled in Israel again. And of course, that happened back in May 1948. In fact, one prophecy said it would happen in one day. And in one day, back in May in 1948, the Brits went into the UN with a proposal that Israel be made a nation-state, given its own country, and it was backed up by the Yanks. So they became a, a nation-state again in one day, literally. But we can see all the things happening around the world with regard to earthquakes all over the place. The whole world seems to be a pressure cooker now with multiple earthquakes. There's hardly a week goes by when we don't have one over seven on the Richter scale. And amazing to me that uh, the earthquake in Japan was 8,000 times stronger than the, the earthquake in Christchurch in New Zealand, where my two daughters now reside. They were in the middle of that, but thank God they were fine. They were okay. And oh, I'm glad to hear that. Blessed uh, and happy. Yes. 
and and you look at the uh, when he said the wind and the sea raging. You know, I, I watched uh, several YouTubes, as I presume a lot, a lot of people did, on on the um, waves raging up in Japan, and they were just unbelievable to watch. Those things are just incredible. And put that together with all the other stuff that's happening, even the, the recent tornadoes down in, in the States and Alabama and Missouri and Arkansas and around there. Uh, phenomenal wars and rumors of wars all over the Middle East, in Yemen and Jordan and Libya and elsewhere. And God knows what's going to happen when all those dictators are gone, because I presume fundamental Islam will move in there then. And then you mentioned yourself uh, multiple UFO sightings uh, simultaneously, it would seem, at the moment, in, in places all over the world, uh, together with all the other things that are going on, the movies that we have at the moment. The latest big blockbuster release this week is over here is Thor, again, which is talking about gods coming from uh, the heaven or somewhere else down to earth, and mingling with men. And we have a whole sort of weird, weird things going on uh, Richard, in the last while that are, are just amazing me because my, my book, uh, Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order is essentially about a phrase that the Messiah used in 24 when he was giving all these signs about the end times and he said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. And the main happening in the days of Noah were the manifestation on earth of these gods, as it were, with a small g, sons of God, gods, uh, part of the rebel angels that tried to usurp the throne of the Most High God and rebelled with Satan back eons ago. We don't know how long ago it was. But a group of them, 200 in total, according to the Book of Enoch, uh, left heaven and came and manifested on the earth and appeared to the 20 or 30 million of the population of the earth at that time as gods, beautiful-looking, irresistible men, supernatural, superhuman, spiritual beings, who taught men and women all manner of evil back then, and they took human women to wives, uh, had sex with them, and produced offspring, which were the giants of the Old Testament, both before the flood and again after the flood. And these guys were knocking around for a thousand years or so, and by the time of the flood were told that there was only evil in man's heart continually, because they had such uh, an effect and infect on the human DNA of the whole of the 20 or 30 million population of the world at that time. And they were told that there was only Noah and his family were pure in their generation, which means that their DNA wasn't affected. And that's how the, uh, the promised seed of the Messiah was carried uh, through the flood onto the other side. And, you know, of course, another 2,000 later, the Messiah was born. And there was a second eruption of fallen angels with women after the flood. So that's who these guys were, and uh, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. And my book uh, is, takes the topic of the fallen angels to the next level. Um, if any of your readers read my, my last book, The Nephilim and the Pyramid of the Apocalypse, which was a, a very seminal work on the manifestation of these fallen angels on earth, and who built all the ancient monuments around the world, such as the Great Pyramids of Giza and uh, the pyramids in Mexico and Guatemala, the Nazca Lines in Peru, Angkor Wat in Cambodia, the Giant Heads in Easter Island, Stonehenge in England, all these ancient anomalies we have in the world. 
And uh, essentially, these guys are coming back again. They are going to manifest on the earth again, in plain sight, in front of CNN and Fox News and Sky and uh, 5.5 or so billion people who are going to be astonished and amazed when these guys show up. Not just the 200 that are incarcerated since the days of Noah. They're locked up in this subterranean prison called the Abyss or the Bottomless Pit. Uh, in Scripture, it's called Tartarus once in, in the epistle of Peter. And we're told that the Messiah, in his risen body, when he got a new spiritual body after his resurrection, went and appeared and preached to these spirits who caused the sin in the days of Noah. Because that's what angels are, they're spirits, they're spirit beings. Now, you know, usually when people think of spirits, they think invisible, ephemeral beings. But every time angels appear in Scripture, they're always described as men. They look like men. They wear clothes. They eat. They drink. But they're of spirit nature. There are two types of men described in the, in the Bible. One is mortal men. That's us, flesh and blood. And the other are these spirit beings. We're mortals. They are gods with a small g. Patrick, just clarify something. Now, the, the, the fallen angels, they commingle with the daughters of men. The, yep. the, they create this hybrid race. They're, now, the hybrid race, those, those are the Nephilim, correct? Well, I don't go along with that theory. Uh, in my opinion, the Nephilim are the fallen angels. The word Nephilim comes from the Hebrew nephal, which means to fall. Ah, okay. Hence, Nephilim is the fallen ones. It's just a small technical point. Well, no, it's important, and I thank you for making it. It is so. important, and I'll tell you why it's important, Richard, because a lot of the authors and teachers on this topic at their moment are, are they're saying exactly like I'm saying. They're saying, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. But now they're expecting uh, giant hybrid mutant uh, beings to appear. Uh, uh, superhuman giants or super soldiers or mutant beings or half animal, half human men to appear. I, I'm saying that that is a distraction and it is not the, the main story or the big picture. And when you're studying a word like Nephilim or any topic in scripture, you've got to take that word and look at it in its context, where it was used before, look at everywhere the phrase or, or, or the word is used, uh, it, its scope, and for instance, if you take the word Nephilim, meaning the fallen ones, because these gods, these, these spirit beings, they fell from heaven, fell from grace, and fell to earth. And everywhere in Scripture, it talks about fallen angels. It's always using this, the, the, the words fallen. For instance, Isaiah 14, where it talks about Lucifer, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven to earth? Think of the word fallen. Then the Messiah, in Luke 10, he says, I beheld Satan as lightning fall to earth. Um, Revelation 9, the star fell, fell from heaven to earth with the key to the bottomless pit. Revelation 6, again, it talks about stars, and stars are metaphors for angels. The stars fell from heaven to earth like figs falling from a fig tree, shaken by a mighty wind. Okay, so the hybrid that was created were these giants. Now, yes, correct. When, now, these, the, when we look at the Greek pantheon, for example, because as you say, these, uh, these uh, um, Nephilim, they were the heroes of old, the men of renown. So are we saying that the, the fallen ones were the, the, God, the Greek gods of the pantheon, or were the giants, the hybrids, as, uh, that were created by the Nephilim and the Daughters of Men, were they the, the heroes of, of, uh, of, uh, of yore? 
I, I'm saying that the heroes of old and the, the men of renown were the fallen ones themselves. Ah. And if you go and study Greek and Roman mythology or Egyptian mythology, most of the, the writings are about the gods themselves. Now, it does mention the, you know, the giants and Hercules was a giant and, of course, they come into it. But, you, you know, the, the, as I say, it says the Nephilim were on the earth in those days, the inference being that prior to that they were not on the earth. And that's what I'm saying. Every time you, you'd see scripture referring to fallen angels, it's always uses this word fallen. Again, in Enoch, behold, a star fell from heaven. I saw many stars, angels, right. fall and cast themselves down. He sees the first star that had fallen from heaven. You know, in Revelation 17, it talks about seven kings, which were seven other fallen angels that are going to come out of the pit with the Antichrist. Five are fallen, one is, one is to come. Hence, fallen angels. So what I'm saying is, is that... The, when these guys are coming back, the, the bottomless pit is, is, is opened. The 200 that are incarcerated there are released onto the earth. They have a leader over them who is a king and the angel of the abyss, whose name is Abaddon in Hebrew and Apollyon in Greek. And, of course, Apollyon is on the Greek spell Apollo. And he goes on to become what we call the Antichrist. He's never called the Antichrist in the book of Revelation. He's called the beast from the abyss or the beast that ascends out of the abyss. And he's referred to as the beast from the abyss no less than 33 times. Okay, let me uh, take a time out, uh, Patrick. When we come back, uh, let's discuss uh, references to the Antichrist uh, in the New Testament because I believe in, uh, in John, he's only mentioned a couple of times, and there are theories that uh, anyone who denies the divinity of uh, of Jesus Christ is technically an antichrist, and some have su- suggested that that's all that was meant. Uh, but Patrick Heron, I'm guessing you have an entirely different uh, interpretation of that. We'll discuss that when we come back. Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order. Patrick Heron, my guest, here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Curiosity? Or did the devil make you do it? Whatever the reason, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. From Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free in Ontario at 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. Slips sink ships, and sometimes corporations. Got something to say? Call Richard Serrett now at 416 360 0740 or toll free in Ontario 1 866 740 4740. Patrick Heron stays with us. The book Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order. Uh, Patrick, uh, some, you know, there are those who, who make a, a, a tremendous amount of noise about the, the Antichrist and the Second Coming, and we're entering into, you know, we'll be entering into the Tribulation and uh, the final battle of uh, Armageddon. Um, and then you have the, the critics who say, just hold on a minute. Uh, if the Antichrist is such a huge concern, why is he only mentioned by name twice in, uh, I believe it's the Gospel according to John? Uh, furthermore, an Antichrist is simply anyone who denies the divinity of Christ. How do you respond? Um, the word Antichrist is mentioned five times, actually, and it's in the epistle of 1 John. 
twice the word uh, the words the Antichrist are used twice, and in several other places in the New Testament and in other places in the Old Testament, it refers to a particular man that's going to come called the man of perdition, the the son of lawlessness. He's he's called the Assyrian. He's got many many different appendages. But as I say, when you get into the book of Revelation, he's referred to as the beast who ascends out of the bottomless pit, having seven heads and ten horns. He is a man, but he's a spirit man. And we're told that when he comes on the scene, he will have a a sidekick or a lieutenant called the false prophet, who is another fallen angel who's going to rise up out of the the, the prison, Tartarus as well. And it says that they will deceive the world with their lying signs and wonders. Now, the interesting thing, Richard, is around the same time that these guys come out, we're told in Revelation chapter 12 that there is a war in heaven between Michael and his angels and the dragon and his angels. And twice in Revelation, it talks about the dragon and the serpent, who is the devil and Satan. And it says, Their place is found no more in heaven, and they prevailed not, and they are cast down to the earth. It says, Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth, because the devil is cast down, and his time, he knows his time is short. Now, we know, I know, that contrary to popular belief, Satan, or the dragon, or the serpent, still abides in this parallel universe called heaven with the remainder of the one-third of the angels who rebelled with him. Because later in uh, Revelation 12, it says that the adversary appears day and night before the throne of God, accusing the brethren. So he has access to this throne of God and the city of heaven, and he is casting in the face of God and Jesus and the 24 elders and all those guys that live there, the sins of the brethren. And we are the brethren, Christians who are on this earth and who are full of sin, you know, we're imperfect. He's up there casting the sins of the uh, brethren in the face day and night. But they are going to be cast down to the earth too. And they're going to become manifest, I believe, when they hit the earth. It's not as if this spirit is going to possess some human being like Barack Obama or the president of the European Union and become the Antichrist. People are going to see these guys with their own eyes. And this is the amazing thing that I was referring to uh, at the top of the program, because the whole world has been prepped uh, both with subliminal advertising and overt brainwashing for the reappearance of these guys. For instance, let me give you a few things that I've seen in the, just in the last couple of months, Richard. We were coming through Heathrow Airport on the way back from uh, New Zealand after Christmas. And as we walked from the plane into the the main airport, they had these posters on the wall about three feet by two feet. And on the poster, the only thing that was on it was this picture of an alien head, you know, that iconic alien, oval alien head with the oval eyes. And written across the top of this uh, alien was the word knowledge. Hmm. At the moment over here, now I was amazed when I saw this. I mean, what's that doing in the middle of an airport? Usually, you know, if you're going into Toronto, they'll have pictures of Toronto and the hills around Canada and waterfalls and things. Right. Then over here on the TV at the moment, we've got an advert for a deodorant. I don't know if you have that over there. And it shows these beautiful-looking angels falling to, the, to earth, beautiful-looking women. And they come down and they hit the ground and bounce up and they've got these wings on them. They're beautiful-looking girls, angels, fallen angels. And uh, they, they, they appear to the people, and everybody's looking at them. And every time I, I see that, it reminds me of the reference of the fallen angels in Revelation 6, where it says, They fell from heaven to earth like figs falling from a fig tree, shaken by a mighty wind. Then I just discovered uh, a couple of weeks ago that 
there's a woman uh, who's a UN diplomat. Her name is Maslan Othman, and she's the UN diplomat for aliens. And her office is called the Office for Outer Space Affairs. And this woman actually exists. I couldn't believe it. Then we learned, and a lot of people will know that uh, about a year and a half ago, the Pope's astronomer came out. His name is Dr. Guy Consul Magno. And he said, yes, there are aliens out there, but they're benevolent beings, and their creator is the same creator that created us, and we're to be friends with them. And he says that when they turn up, that he is willing to baptize these aliens if they want to be baptized. Last week, I learned that British school children, Richard, you're going to love this, British school children are being trained in UFO crash drills. That is, what? they get in the local body, Bobby, the teacher comes out and they're training the kids what they should do should a UFO crash in the schoolyard. Now, you put that, put that together with all the governments opening up their UFO secret files recently and admitting that they are UFOs and they've been chasing UFOs, etc. Uh, I don't know if any people have seen the late, latest Katy Perry video called, about her song called E.T., which is just unbelievable. She's floating around like an angel herself up in the heaven. Then an angel or some sort of a being or an alien falls to where she comes down, wakes them up, kisses them. They start kissing, and then in between them kissing, they have all these flashes of animals having sex. And then at the end of the movie, and, and the lyrics to the, to the song are just uh, uh, unbelievable, talking about ETs and what to do with them. And then at the end of the video, when it pans back, uh, they turn around, and she's got the legs of, looks like goat's legs, like the, the god Pan had. And uh, they walk off into the sunset together, and he's naked. Recently, just in, at halftime, I was watching a soccer match a few days ago on Sky. And next thing, this ad comes on for a huge uh, mobile phone, cell phone company over here called Vodafone. And there's a guy sitting there talking, and he just looks like a regular guy with a suit and a shirt and a tie on him. And he's got two little horns on the front of his head and mm. pointy ears. And there's absolutely no reference to why he he looks like this at all in the ad. It's just as if this guy is a real person. What I'm saying to you is, is you put all these things together with all the movies that we have at the moment. Like, they're all magical, mystical, supernatural, with aliens and ETs and UFOs. And put that together with the crop circles, the abductions that are going on, the vampire stuff that we have, which seems to be mainstream at the moment. Because in the Book of Enoch, we're told that that these... Giants, when they were around, used to drink one another's blood. What I'm saying is, is the world is being prepared or conditioned, both with this subliminal type type of stuff going on and with the overt uh, movies, etc., to prepare people for the manifestations of these gods on the earth once again. Not a bunch of mutant giant hybrids. So when 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 Jesus was uh, saying that uh, in the end times it will be like it was in the days of Noah and what was going on in the days of Noah we had as you mentioned the the fallen angels com- uh, having sex with with f- women uh, human women creating these uh, hybrids uh is there then a a connection between that and the modern UFO alien uh, abduction phenomena? Well, absolutely, there is. And, and, and if, you know, if some, as I say, most of my contemporaries who write about this stuff are saying that there's going to be a bunch of hybrids on the earth again. I think those guys are already here, Richard, because if, if you go to the Gospels again, the Messiah gave the parable about the, the, the tares and the wheat, you know, the 
man went out and sowed wheat in his field and then his enemy came and sowed tares and then he goes on to explain that the tares are, are the children of the wicked one. And several times when he was having his run in with the chief priests, the Pharisees and the doctors of the law, and these were the political leaders of the day as well as religious leader, leaders to the day, he referred to them in the King James Version it says, ye brood of vipers. Now that translated into English means you offspring of serpents. So the possibility is that these people are here today and they're the one running the governments. These are the guys today preparing the way for the appearance of the, the, uh, the master gods who are going to appear in, in full view of everybody. And that's why it says the people of the world will be astonished when they see the beast who once was, now is not, and yet will ascend out of the abyss and go to his destruction. The reason it says he once was is because he was the king on earth before for a thousand years or so prior to the flood of Noah. Now is not because he's locked up, incarcerated in the bottomless pit. But in the future, in Revelation 9, when this thing is open, he's going to come out of this pit again, along with his 199 comrades, and go on to become what we become called the Antichrist. And it says he goes to his destruction. That doesn't mean that he's destroyed. It means that by the end of the Great Tribulation, or the end of the Armageddon comes along, there's a huge amount of the world destroyed and maybe three, three or four billion people are going to be dead. So that's who these guys are. And it says they are going to um, uh, mesmerize or amaze and fool and deceive the world with their lying signs, miracles and wonders. Now, again, uh, there are a lot of writers going around saying that the Antichrist is a Muslim and he's going to come out of Islam and lead Islam. I do not believe that at all. I think that's totally wrong. And uh, because when this guy comes out, he's going to be coming in the stead of Christ. Anti in Greek, it can mean against, but it, it can also mean in the stead of, or instead of, or in place of Christ. And the very, very first sign that the Messiah gave, gave when they asked him about the end times, he said, many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ. He didn't say many is going to come in Mahadi's name, saying, I am the twelfth Imam. And there's a whole bunch of comparisons. For instance, um, the Antichrist, we're told, goes out on a white horse, having a bow with no arrow. That means he preaches peace and makes war. And the reason he goes out on a white horse is because he's a counterfeit Messiah, a counterfeit Christ, because we're told in Revelation 19 that when Jesus returns, he's coming back on a white horse. When Jesus was, was here, we're told he did signs, miracles, and wonders. We're told when the false prophet comes and the, and the Antichrist that they're going to deceive the world with counterfeit signs, miracles, and wonders. Um, the Messiah died on the cross and was resurrected from death. In Revelation 13, we're told that the beast from the abyss, the Antichrist, is going to receive a fatal head wound, but that he's going to be raised from the dead by the power of the dragon. This is a counterfeit resurrection. Uh, at Pentecost, when the apostles were in the temple, we're told tongues of fire came on them and they spoke in tongues. We're told that the beast and the false prophet are able to call fire down from heaven in the sight of men. Is this a counterfeit Pentecost? Possibly. Uh, the Messiah is, is referred to as the Prince of Peace. Daniel 8 says that the Antichrist, when he comes, by peace shall destroy many. All right, let me uh, stop you there. We'll, um, uh, i got to ask you this. A lot of these prophecies uh, that come uh, in the New Testament, uh, again, the critics, 
And I don't happen to be one of them. I mean, I, I believe uh, that there is an Antichrist and he's waiting to come on the scene. But the, the critics look at the prophecies and then they, they look to, to Matthew where Jesus says, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. And meaning, you know, the end times. Uh, uh, so some critics are saying that the, the end times were really pointing to the, the destruction of of the uh, the second temple which happened in AD 70 this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled what does that mean then well obviously he wasn't speaking about that generation so the take i would put on that w- would be you know the take that many of the authors is as that the generation that would see all these things coming to pass was the generation that were going to witness the the second coming of the messiah and then the beginning of the apocalypse in other words he refers to the the, the leaves on the on the fig tree when you see these sprouting and that's always a reference to uh, Israel and the major prophecy writers are saying that this is what he is saying and this is when you see Israel back in its own land the generation that sees that and then puts that together with all the other stuff that's going on that's the generation that's going to see first of all the the brief coming in the clouds for a uh, a brief moment of time to gather together the the church of Christians, born again people like me, nutcases, Bible thumpers, and take us out. And that's when the guacamole hits the fan, and that's <laughs> when uh, we're, we're told in Revelation nine, when the bottomless pit is opened, that smoke comes out of this, and the light of the sun and of the moon are darkened by reason of the smoke. And maybe the whole earth is going to be in darkness for a few days, and when it clears these guys are going to be on the earth. So that's what I take from that, uh, um, you know, this generation shall not pass. It's the generation that's witnessing all these things. And we are that generation, Richard. I mean, the writing is on the wall. I don't think you've got to be a spiritual person to look around at the news and look around at what's happening in the world to realize that, my God, does you know, something's going on. Something heavy duty is is going on. How will, the Antichrist, say, how will the Antichrist make his entrance onto the world stage? Well, I don't know. We're not told that. But uh, with all these multiple uh, UFO appearances all over the place, and a lot of them are a pyramid in shape, funnily enough. And uh, I got an email from a young guy, Christian believer, a few years ago who came across my book on the Nephilim. And he told me that he had a vision. And that in this vision, somebody said, look, the Nephilim are here. And he looked up in the air and he saw all these giant pyramids descending onto the earth. And when they descended on the earth, these beings came out of them. Now, I wrote back to him, and I said, are you sure this just wasn't a nightmare? And he said, look, he said, I've had nightmares before, or I've had to get up and have a cold shower. He said, this was a vision from God. And in the, since that, three other people contacted me and told me they had very, very similar visions of, of pyramids descending to earth and of these beings coming out of them as soulless beings. And then I found another prophecy, which is about eight or nine years old, written by some lady on the internet, and she said the exact same thing, Richard. Now, as somebody made a point recently to me, Satan never had an original thought. He always copies our apes, what the true God does. Hence the comparisons between the Christ and the Antichrist, showing that this guy is coming in the name of Jesus. When he comes along, he's going to say, I am the Messiah. I am Jesus Christ. I wouldn't be surprised if he has holes in his hands and if he changes water into wine. So, maybe when these guys come back, they're going to appear in pyramid-shaped UFOs, because at the end of the, of the book of uh, Revelation, when the new heaven and earth comes, it describes the new Jerusalem coming down to earth. 
Uh, it gives us the thickness of the walls. It tells us it's got 12 gates made out of a single pearl each. The tree of life is in the midst of it for the healing of the nations. The river of life flows out from the midst of it. Uh, we're given this huge lengthy description and at the end of it we're given the dimensions of this future city and we're told its length and its breadth and its height are the same. That is a pyramid in shape. And in my last discussion with you we talked about how there's a comparison between the Great Pyramid of Giza and this future pyramid city, the New Jerusalem or Mount Zion, which is going to come down out of heaven and descend onto the new earth. So I wouldn't be surprised if these guys show up in pyramid-shaped UFOs, call them that, and say, look, it's us. This is what we're fulfilling the prophecy that's written in Revelation chapter 21. But doesn't uh, the Antichrist... Maybe that's it, but we're not, com- we're not given the, to- the complete story on that. But the Antichrist, uh, to my understanding, correct me, Patrick, if I'm wrong, but the Antichrist not only has to convince the world's Christians that he's the, their Messiah, does he not only also have to convince the world's uh, Hindus that he's uh, the return of Krishna, the Buddhas that he's the Maitreya, the compassionate uh, Buddha, the, the, the Muslims that he's the twelfth Imam, doesn't he have to deceive everyone? Uh, well, we're told that almost the whole world are deceived with, by the beast and the false prophet with their li- counterfeit signs, miracles and wonders. Uh, as I said, there's going to be a counterfeit resurrection at another point, we're told that the false prophet makes an image of the beast and then he breathes life into it, so it comes alive and it condemns all those who won't take the mark of the beast to be put to death. Remember, this is going to happen after what they call in America the rapture, or Paul calls the gathering together of the saints. So the world will wake up one day and four or five hundred million people, or how many Christians are, are going to be gone. So if you have five and a half billion left, people left on the world. They're what Paul described as natural man. That is, a man of body and soul, but no spiritual, hence no spiritual discernment. So, so they're going to swallow this story hook, line, and, center, uh, and sinker. By the way, there's two major uh, um, people, beings, men, prophesied in the book of Revelation, the Antichrist and the false prophet. In Islamic prophecies, the Quran and other Islamic writings, there are two major men prophesied that are going to come on the, on the earth in the end times. The Mahadi, or the 12th Imam, whom they say was, as a young boy of about 12 or 14, disappeared down a well, down a hole in the ground and hid there. But at the end of time, in, in the apocalypse, he's going to emerge out of this hole and he's going to lead Islam to a series of victories over her enemies and establish Islam as the world-dominant religion. They're waiting for this guy to come. Your man in Iran is always going on about him. And we're told that when he arrives, he's going to have a right-hand sidekick too, who they say is Jesus Christ, right? Now, I believe the false prophet is the Mahadi, and that this other guy, the Cummins, the beast from the abyss, is going to present himself in the place of Christ and the Messiah. So the Messiah will take care of the Western Hemisphere, of what I call Christendom, all these people who talk about being Christians but are not believers at all, i.e. the Roman Catholic Church, most of the Roman Catholic Church. In Ireland is supposed to be a Roman Catholic a Christian country, Richard. People over here haven't a clue. If I talk to anybody about the resurrection and the rapture and salvation, they're looking at me as if I've got two heads. They've no idea. And it's like that with most, the majority of Roman Catholics in the world. So he takes care of that side of things. And then the, the false prophet, I believe, is going to come in the, in the East and he's going to present himself as the Mahidi. Uh, or the 12th Imam, and they, he's going to take care of all the Muslims. But at some time in the future, there's a, the Antichrist goes over, because we're told in Daniel that he goes over and he attacks 
the, uh, the, the beast with two horns, which is the beast that comes up out of the ground with the two horns as the false prophet. And those two horns are two other fallen angels. I, I show you this in my book where the beast has seven heads and ten horns, and they're all fallen angels. So you, you don't believe the ten horns has any uh, reference to uh, a reconfigured European Union, as some have suggested? No, it's not a reconfigured European Union at all. That's all hat. When this guy comes, he's going to rule the whole world, Richard. We're told all nations, tongues, peoples, and languages will bow down to him. It's a worldwide phenomenon. And the, the ten horns, we're, we're told in Revelation 17, the angel explains to John who they are. He says the ten horns are ten kings who will reign with the beast when he gets his authority. And this, this takes us back to Daniel 2, where it talks about the prophecy of the, the coming uh, world-dominated um, empire, which will have ten toes made up of clay and iron. Now, the clay and the iron are these fallen angels who are going to rule with human politicians, I believe, because the clay part of the toes are the humans. That's us. Dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Whereas compared to these spirit beings, these supernatural human, uh, superhuman gods, it's like dust, dust or clay compared to iron. Okay, Patrick, got the strength. hold on, i got to take a time out, we'll come back. Patrick Heron, Return of the Antichrist, here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. Truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Welcome back. Next week on the program, Dr. Robert Duncan will be here to talk about uh, mind control. However, as we've just learned tonight, things are always in flux. Uh, We had intended to talk to Dr. John Apsley about uh, the Fukushima Fukushima nuclear uh, reactor and his uh, concerns about long-term health risks. Uh, However, that got scuttled by the late-breaking news that U.S. security forces are claiming they have killed Osama bin Laden. Some thought he was the Antichrist. Uh, There's been a long list of supposed Antichrists. Now, Patrick Heron is with us. Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order is the book. Has there been more than one Antichrist? In other words, was Hitler an Antichrist? Was Stalin an Antichrist? Was Saddam Hussein an Antichrist? Yes, it talks about the spirit of Antichrist. And there are loads and loads of Antichrists out there. But there's only one, the Antichrist. Uh, As Jesus said in John 5, I am come in my Father's name and you reject me. If another comes in his own name, him ye shall accept. So just as the world rejected the true Messiah when he was here and murdered him and uh, uh, hung him on a cross, in the same way when this other guy shows up in his own name, him they will accept and will embrace. And I mean, all you had to do was look at the, the royal wedding over here in this neck of the woods a few days ago to see how willing people are to worship sort of gods whom they want to put on the pedestal and, and, and praise and stuff like that. So when these guys showed up, as I said just before the advertisement, this guy is going to rule the world with his ten lieutenants who are going to rule with human politicians. 
The world will be split up into 10 regions, Richard. Europe is one of those regions. Canada, United States, and Mexico is another. South America is another one. So I believe the UN already have the world split up into 10. And I believe that the leaders that are in the world today, like the guys you talked about and the heads of the European Union and other guys, are similar to the the brood of vipers, the offspring of serpents that ruled in the the days of the Messiah. And they are paving the way for the reappearance of these men. Uh, a lot of them, I'm sure, maybe they're doing it unwittingly, but I have no doubt that there are people in this world who are in, in close contact with Lucifer and are just carrying out his agenda and preparing the world. And that's what the Lisbon Treaty and the Nice Treaty and all these treaties in Europe are about. That will be one of these ten regions. This is going to be a worldwide phenomenon. And this guy is going to rule with his other ten lieutenants. And, you know, we, we have a terrible thing going on at the moment. As you know, there's a worldwide economic collapse. I think Canada and Australia were two of the few, few countries who didn't get involved. But this country over here is up the creek, you know, we're on the brink of the abyss. And this is what I call the shadows of the black horse, because we have the white horse, the red horse, the black horse, and the pale horse of the Book of Revelation. And the rider on the black horse uh, has a scales in his hand. And he says, three quarts of wheat for a day's wages and a quart of barley for a day's work. And don't hurt the oil or the wine. Now, black, biblically, always denotes scarcity and famine. And bread by weight always denotes famine. So what this is exemplifying is, if you're getting a few slices of bread and a handful of barley for a day's work, what that is describing there is worldwide famine and economic collapse. So what we're seeing with Lehman Brothers and the collapse of Wall Street and economies all over the world owing trillions and billions and Ireland and Portugal and Italy and Spain being on the brink of financial collapse, which will possibly bring down the euro, it's just chaos. And you could imagine what would happen in, in the likes of London or Paris, where you're 10, 11 million people, if people go to their ATMs and put their card in and nothing comes out. So that rider on the black horse are what I call the shadows of the financial meltdown. The white horse being the, uh, the, the beast from the abyss who's the counterfeit Christ. The red horse then, uh, we're told he's given a, a sword to take peace from the world that caused men to kill one another. And the red planet is the planet Mars. Uh, so that's very possibly who, who that's referring to. To, to, to the god Mars, whereas the rider on the white horse is Apollo. And by the way, the rider on the black horse would be Mercurius or Mercury. We get the word Mercurius or Merchant from that horse. And then the rider on the pale horse is the angel of death. And, and uh, hell and the grave follow after the angel of death. So that's what's coming down the road. But the good news is, is you don't have to be here for all this stuff. There's a way out. There's, there's a, an escape route, and that's what I provide in all my books. I give, give people enough evidence whereby they can come to a conclusion that they don't want to go through this thing, that they can buy their ticket out of here or not. That is the good news in this, Richard. The, um, the Mark of the Beast, is that uh, some sort of a, uh, uh, an RFID chip that will be implanted in the, the palm of the hand to, to, for commerce? or What do you think of the Mark of the Beast? What is it? Well, we, we, I would see nobody knows exactly what that is. Very possibly it's, a, it's, uh, it's a, a chip because it says nobody will be able to buy or sell unless they've got the mark of the beast, so it sounds like a chip. But there again, maybe it's just some sort of a tattoo or a mark. I don't know. Um, 
You, I, I just I'm wanted to, to let you here for it. So uh, let me let me so uh, nobody lay th- can be totally definitive about exactly what it is. Let me lay this on you because one of the major manufacturers, I am told, of the RFID chips, which is actually being uh, approved. Uh, by the American Medical Association, what they're trying to do is convince people to take this chip because it'll have your permanent medical records on there, and then if you're incapacitated, unconscious, you're wheeled into the ER, all your records will be there, so they'll know if you have any allergies to medications, etc. But the RFID chips are being produced in California by a company called Alien Technology. Oh, my God. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, I, I mean, one of my heroes that I, I refer to in my writings is a man called E.W. Bullinger, who wrote a fantastic commentary. It's like nearly 580 pages long, commentary and revelation. And he lived about 100 years ago, Richard. And when he was referring to the Mark of the Beast 666 in the Book of Revelation, he said, when this man arrives on the, on the world, his government will have a way of tracking the buying and selling of everybody in the whole world. And he wrote that 100 years ago, when the, the telegraph had barely come into being. And he said, and why not? Do we not already have the telegraph, whereby we can send, you know, a message from London to Glasgow? It, so that was just a phenomenal uh, testimony of that man's faith. And now we have it, you know. If I, if I go to Los Angeles uh, and I buy something with my credit card, a few seconds later, the money is taken out of my account in Dublin. So the technology is there to keep the tracking of, of the buying and selling of everybody in the whole world. But the main, main big point I, I want to show, and that, that became very clear to me in the writing of this book, is that these guys are going to appear in full sight. In the, in the, everybody's going to see them. And that's why the world has been prepped for this. Watch out in the adverts on your television at the moment, and the movies that are out, and, and the TV programs, you know, Fall and Thor, V. It's, it's everywhere. It's, it's endemic. It's in, so in your face, it's unreal. And as I said, this is because otherwise if these guys showed up, you know, nobody was expecting them, they were going to frighten everybody. But now it's going to be like second nature to people. The, uh, the, the number of the beast, uh, 666, um, does, I mean, your candidate for the Antichrist, and I think you mentioned that, it, that it's Apollo, the Greek god Apollo, does that work out to 666? I don't know. Um, I never tried to figure it out myself. I, I'm not, not much use with numbers. Richard, math wasn't my thing, I'm afraid. I might as well be looking into a ditch as trying to figure out, you know, what an isosceles triangle is. So I never actually broke it down with the Greek numbers and that. And it, it has not been revealed to me or to anybody else exactly what 666 is. You know, it, the reason a lot of what I'm coming out with, and by the way, a lot of this stuff that I'm coming out with, nobody's ever written a book before on the beast who ascends out of the bottomless pit having seven heads and ten horns. Everybody has just taken what somebody wrote 80 years ago to say that some politician was going to show up on the world stage and he's going to be possessed by Satan and that's going to be the Antichrist. And when I was researching this a year and a half ago, writing this stuff, I clicked on the Antichrist and the, up on Google came Obama Antichrist and it had 1.3 billion hits on it. God knows what the, the, the amount of hits that are on it. Now, this is not what Scripture teaches. It teaches that this guy is a spirit being, a fallen angel who was here before, and thus him and the false prophet are going to be able to deceive the world with our counterfeit signs, miracles, and wonders. Obama or Tony Blair or Hillary Clinton or Manuel Barroso, the head of the EU, none of them are going to be able to do any spiritual signs, miracles, and wonders. 
this is what these guys are going to do when they show up. Okay, we've got to take one quick timeout. We'll come back. We'll finish up with Patrick Heron, author of The Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order, here on AM740, The Conspiracy Show. This is no place for the naive or the faint-hearted. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Peering into the shadows where the truth often hides. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM740. You can follow me on Twitter. Twitter.com forward slash Richard Serrett, all one word. And uh, uh, Patrick Heron stays with us. A few moments left in the program. Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order. Patrick, I just sent you the link uh, to Alien Technology. Uh, This company is um, uh, unveiling a hot trio, it says here on the uh, homepage, unveiling a hot trio of leading RFID technologies for improved performance and low cost. And if you want to know where to find them, you click on Contact Us. Alien Technologies is located... On um, uh, in Morgan Hill, California, eighteen two twenty Butterfield Boulevard, Morgan Hill, California, uh, could that in fact be the seed of the uh, Antichrist? Um, P- Patrick, uh, the the um, the Antichrist, as you say, comes as a uh, as a peacemaker, uh, but brings war. I mean, what sort of peace is he going to uh, to, to bring about? A, uh, a supposed uh, Mid East peace, or what is he going to do? Is he going to intercede in the Middle East? Yeah, he is. He's going to make a peace deal between the Arabs and the Jews. Uh, so the first half of his reign will be relatively peaceful, and things will be going well. And I know from the book of Daniel that he goes over, and I think the Mahadi, who I believe is the false prophet, is going to try and uh, kick up the Muslims over there. But it talks about the goat coming from the west and not touching the ground and flies into the the lamb with two horns and knocks him to the ground and subdues him. So I think he's going to go over there, kick his ass, get him onside, as it were, and thereby enforce a peace between the Jews and the Arabs. Do you see the revolution? That's what I see happening in that regard. Do you see the revolution? By the way, can, can I, yes. would you mind giving out my website uh, in your nice Canadian accent? Because people don't understand me. My, my website is neph.ie. That's neph, as, as in Patrick Heron, dot IE. And I'd, I'd like to tell your listeners also that uh, my, my book is also available for iReaders or iPads or Kindles. I also have done this as an audio book. Richard, so now uh, people will, or you'll be able to recline in a hot bath with a, a cigar in one hand and a beer in the other and listen to my mellifluous Irish brogue as I read Return of the Antichrist. And by the way, the guys can do that too. <laughs> or you can get it in, in Barnes & Noble or Christian bookstores or ordered. It's only $10 and some the 17 cents or something like that on Amazon. A guy did a review on Facebook about two weeks ago, Richard. And he said he read the book four times in a row, twice without putting it down. Ah, so that's, that's... It's incre- and I've had incredible reactions so far. It's radical stuff, but it's real meat. It's real, real meaty, and it's pretty heavy duty. There's stuff in there that I haven't covered tonight. That it's another three people wrote to me and told me they cried after reading the book because it cleared up so many of their fears regarding the end time. So there's a lot of good news in there too. 
A Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order, Patrick Heron. Again, uh, uh, the website, because uh, you've got a couple of websites, and one of them is nephilimapocalypse.com. Yeah, but that's too long, and it's a mouthful. So nep, nef, nef. ie links to that one. Ah, I see. Okay. So you, you say it in your nice Canadian accent, because I can't talk so, like you. So it's nef... N-E-P-H dot I-E. Dot I-E. Nef dot I-E. Yeah, short for Nephilim. N-E-P-H-I-L-I-M. Nef dot I-E. That's simple. That's it. Excellent. Patrick, always a pleasure. Thank you very much, Richard. God bless you, and goodbye to all your listeners from the Emerald Isle, where it's now getting bright. Terrific. Good morning to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Patrick Heron. All right, my thanks to producer Griffin March. Welcome aboard. Good job, Pat uh, Griffin. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. We'll uh, hopefully got, get uh, Dr. John Apsley back on the program. I'm getting a number of emails from people in Toronto who happen to own Geiger counters, and they are getting some interesting readings, uh, including one from uh, Joseph here. This is very harrowing. We, we need to get to the bottom of this. And uh, they're not just talking about uh, cosmic background radiation. Could this be what Dr. John Apsley was warning us about regarding Fukushima? All right. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.